Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. The Around the NFL Podcast. We'll skip training camp if contract demands are not met. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, man. Hit it, Irish. Whoa. Oh, you will see me thrive. Tonight. Can write my story. Katy Perry concert. 7.30 p.m. <laughs> Greg, get out of my shot. <laughs> Chevy Out Field. Los Angeles, California. No matter how you shake my the number three seed shield. My roots, Meet the number two seed fundamentals. For a shot at the title. You, how you feeling, Wes? Uh, I'm playing. I'm suiting up. I've got this torn hamstring. My entire back of my leg is black and blue. I'm playing. I didn't play all year just to sit out in the playoffs. You are a master of the craft, and that's why we had a big meeting yesterday. Wait, is what? Katy Perry still on? We can, we can turn down Katie. Greg's like, ooh, it's too commercial. Take it off. Got to get to my spoon show right after this. <laughs> you know, just trying to stop being so cynical, Greg. I didn't know that was the official song of the softball team. It's actually the song of the Olympics. So it was I've never even heard of it. Uh, it's new. Wait, is that latter part? That's true. Yeah. What? That's the Olympics. That, that Wes has never heard of it? That's definitely true. Well. <laughs> I would have thought that Wes was maybe – potentially hamming up this injury a little bit to make sort of a, a Kirk Gibson-like appearance tonight in, in heroic fashion, except that you sent a photo of your hamstring, and I think it was when I was on vacation 
and it was grisly. It was disgusting. Yeah, it was it looks amazing. About ten times worse than that right now. Well, he it showed feels it, better, but it looks worse. He showed it to everyone at WrestleMania. You were wearing shorts, and uh, it's right there. It looks like uh, you were a gunshot wound, essentially, I, beneath the surface. I could speak from experience. I had the same injury two months ago, and Wes coming back on two weeks is a huge risk. Uh, not really. Term, not really. In terms of re-aggravating the injury. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, what a huge risk for your life. Not really. What, what are you going to do with your legs anyway at this point? I'm trying to keep <laughs> expectations low, but yeah, I, I'm 42 years old. I'm not risking my career here. This is all I have <laughs> left to live for. From an athletic standpoint, is t- tonight's playoffs. So we have yes, we have a um, a game, like I said, and then if we win that game, we play the number one seed immediately after. So we have a chance uh, this time tomorrow to be straight up champions of the Los Angeles uh, Municipal uh, Softball League. So. That is the, the newsroom, Greg, and you could speak to this. You're right in the middle of, middle of it all. Is there's an energy pulsating through the newsroom? It's buzz. It's buzzing. There's no doubt that the softball team has brought this company together, and it has been rising into a fever pitch for tonight. I question the scheduling of the league. I think you want to take advantage of the buzz going into the finals. If if uh, if if we pull off if the, the shield wins, you want to have some media. You know, you want to. <laughs> you know, get more attention before well, the finals because immediately you have to jump right into the finals. It's getting weird, though, because there are a lot of people coming to watch a game that have not been to any games. Willie McGinnis, <laughs> uh, the former All-Pro Patriot uh, legend, I was told is coming to the game. Just Big pal of Wes. He's coming I'll, to watch Wes. I'll believe that when I see it. I just That, that one seems struck me as a little bit odd. I but feel I, like, I mean, with all due respect to – to the team out there. I think you can find someone to get out of the lineup, put old Big Willie style in there, batting seventh or something. I feel like that'd be cheating. <laughs> and I don't like – I'm actually batting seventh, so that felt like a shot against me. <laughs> I didn't know you know, we, we've been building the last couple of months. We get better every week, but make no mistakes. We are huge underdogs in this, yes. in this matchup. Yes, uh, but that hasn't stopped us before, and it's not going to stop us now. So that's going on later today. Um, today we have a podcast to do. And uh, even though, yes, maybe our mind is looking at looking ahead to the diamond with, uh, you know, Mark Sessler in a front office capacity that's not to, not quite determined, but Mark had a hand in this as well, uh, building this juggernaut. <laughs> Very minor hand. Eight and four uh, shield softball team. So uh, Mark will be there as well. But we have a podcast to get to. And uh, a, a fun seg, a fun seg coming up today. First time. Uh, it is called the Debunker Bunker. I like it. Yeah, it works. And um, what is the Debunker Bunker? It's a it's a literal physical place we will crawl into a little bit later in the show and take a look at some popular um, kind of narratives or uh, preconceptions, perhaps, or conventional, conventional, wisdom. Yeah, conventional wisdom. Thank you. Uh, in and around the NFL as we head toward training camp next week. And uh, we'll each take a couple swipes at some of this conventional wisdom, stuff that people shouldn't be so confident to assume because every year you know, every single year, conventional wisdom looks ugly uh, by the end of the season in a lot of cases, not all cases, but in many cases. Uh, So uh, we'll play a little bit of debunker bunker. Hop in that bunker. That'll be fun. And also, we got a lot of news to get to, and we got to talk about um, what's going on with uh, Greg Rosenthal, his place in the company. So a lot to talk about. Okay. But before I didn't, I didn't see that on the budget on the uh, rundown here. But, okay. but before 
<laughs> it's right there, boss update. But before we do any of that, now batting number five, the third baseman, Brandon McGinnis, number five. Thank you, Mr. Shepard. I appreciate that. Oh, very good. Look at that. Wow. I know. Not as young as I look, right? Very good. <laughs> very good. Let's uh, batting first. Yes. Lead off. The guy has been a stud all season, and I fully expect it to continue tonight. Let's do some news. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Was that Damashek? <laughs> <laughs> does sound like him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with some retirement news. Offensive tackle Eugene Monroe uh, announced on the Players' Tribune, which, you know, speaking of Bob Shepard and the Yankees and Derek Jeter, the Tribune is getting a lot of scoops of late. Is that doing well? I guess it's doing okay. I think it's doing well. Didn't they already sell it for a lot of money? Did they? Well, anyway. I'm an idiot. Eugene Monroe, in an article for the Players' Tribune, formally announces retirement Thursday citing concerns over concussions and his long-term health as his primary reasons. Uh, the 29-year-old uh, Virginia graduate was a former number nine overall pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars, played 93 games over seven years, traded to Baltimore back in 2013. Remember, that was a big trade at the time that people said was going to solidify that line for uh, two uh, mid-round picks, then signed a five-year deal. He did not see it to the end of that five-year deal, and now he's walking away from the game. Mark Sessler, your thoughts? Very interesting. I mean, it's just another case of a player under the age of 30 who he said himself that he was completely healthy walking away, and it's an example of the players of today versus you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 years ago. They don't need to play into their mid-30s to you know have a life after that, and you know, his situation in Baltimore was certainly tenuous as well. They had Ronnie Stanley, and it made it very clear that they wanted to trade him, uh, Monroe, or keep Ronnie Stanley in the starting spot. So it was not a great situation, and maybe he just said, enough with this, time to go. Well, he, it's why players want to get that guaranteed money. When he, he was looking for a big-time contract from Jacksonville, he didn't get it, got the trade to Baltimore, got that guaranteed money with all the money in the first three years of the deal. He was terrible in Baltimore on balance. He was a disappointment. He was injured, and he wasn't that effective when he played. But he got all that guaranteed money in the first three years of his deal. He was ultimately not worth it, so they cut him. He could have joined the Giants or some team this year for $4 million, but at this point in his life, that wasn't even enough. He had already had enough money to retire off, and he cited the last 18 years. Even though he didn't have any... Uh, I, I don't think known concussion problems. He said his the first thing he's going to do is going to go get his brain checked out, essentially. He's going to get a mental health assessments and scans, and he's got his money, and he's been a vocal advocate of uh, medical marijuana research to possibly treat all that, and he's moving on because he's got it's, – it's too easy not to, I guess, not to play. You can't play in the NFL at a high level unless you are mentally in a place where you're willing to put your body on the line. He's not in that place, and I, I don't really blame him. Yeah. Um, another player stepping away from the game, Charles Tillman, the safety who played 13 years, made two uh, Pro Bowls, won a Walter Payton Man of the Year award, had his best years, of course, with the Bears. He has decided to retire. Uh, he announced this on YouTube. Uh, deal with that, Jeter. Um, <laughs> and, and included like a fun little video uh, uh, about the peanut punch, which, of course, uh, if you had a – 
uh, break down his game to at least one memorable component, his ability to strip the football. I believe he's the NFL's all-time leader in forced fumbles uh, by a safety. Um, so, Greg, this is a player of – you were a big fan of uh, Peanuts in his heyday. Wasn't the same player later. His injuries piled up, but he was a special guy at one point. Yeah, great player. When you think of Love, Lovey Smith in that Tampa 2 defense, he's kind of the prototype cornerback. He wasn't uh, – a Hall of Fame type player. He did make one all-pro team. I was surprised he had only made two Pro Bowls, but that's a position where he was valued for his physicality and not giving up big plays. And this this stat that I put on Twitter when he retired, I, I did some research, and the leaders in forced fumbles by defensive backs since he was in the league with that peanut punch he had 44. The next closest was Charles Woodson, who probably is a Hall of Famer, at 23, half wow. as much. Third third over that span was actually Roman Harper at 16. So that's about a third as much as Tillman had. That move that, hubba, that hubba. he had was just incredible. It was a difference maker. You mentioned Lovey Smith's defense. Charles Tillman is the last was the last active player from that really kind of, it seems, an underrated defense now, the 2006-2007 mm. Bears. And I think if you look at that defense, Erlocker would be first. Then you've got Lance Briggs and Charles Tillman probably battling for the second spot. Tommy Harris was there. Tommy Harris the and, and Mike Brown would be like fourth and fifth to me. But, yeah, I think Tillman and Briggs were the, two, the second and third after Erlocker. Here we go. Moving on. Are we getting closer to Josh Gordon being back on the football field? NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported that Roger Goodell met with the Browns wide receiver on Wednesday regarding a possible return to football. Um, Rappaport added that no decision appears imminent regarding Gordon, who can't even reply for a reinstatement until the first of next month. Uh, Gordon, of course, failed another drug test in March, prompting the NFL to deny that application for reinstatement. Uh, but meeting with Goodell seems on the surface to be a step in the right direction. We'll see if he's keeping his head on straight and staying away from his friend Johnny. That all seems to be uh, unknown at this point. Uh, Mark Sessler. I don't know if listeners know, but Mark is a follower of the Cleveland Browns. Over, under for games played, Josh Gordon in 2016. I'll set it at seven and a half. Eight. So over. Over. <laughs> yeah. That's how you play that game. Well, I don't even know where under. I came up with that. I just don't think the league is in any rush to make this happen, you know, in time for it to be convenient for Cleveland's coaching staff. And I don't think Cleveland's coaching staff is necessarily sitting around waiting for this to happen either. They went out and drafted four wide receivers and a tight end that some consider a wide receiver. So, you know, I Josh Gordon, Jim Brown said that he's done all the things that you want him to do, that he talked with him and he seems committed. But everything we've seen is these bizarre photos of, of Gordon. Oh, he's about 10 feet away from Johnny Manziel at some massive pool party in a city he shouldn't be in. So I don't know what evidence – what is he going to tell Goodell? Does it, don't you think that's the first question out of Goodell's mouth? What are you, what are you doing hanging out with Manziel? <laughs> it just shows bad, bad common <laughs> exactly. sense and bad – public relations that's what this is all about it's about perception and, jo and josh gordon has not done a great job of that in the last six months it's a reminder though that all these like the last time he got in trouble we were like oh well, this is it for josh gordon like how many times have we thought this is it for josh gordon but it's not it he's meeting with goodell and i think the the idea is that he's he's not he's going to be able to play this year and i think the browns will be glad to have him do you think it will be though in the next month that he's back on the field or is it going to take another round of tests or certain amount of tests i think he'll i think he'll be back in training camp yeah hmm. 
moving on, Mark, you want to talk about little Odell Beckham offseason chatter? Well, we can. <laughs> the New York Giants wideout <laughs> told GQ that he, quote, for sure believes that Josh Norman, the former Panthers cover man, who, of course, you remember Beckham disgraced himself, let's be honest, uh, in week 15 of last year by brawling with Norman in the middle of an NFL game. Um, so a lot of bad blood there. But uh, Beckham says that Norman signed with the Redskins in free agency to, quote, remain relevant, calling it a smart business move. And this is a little more from Beckham. If I wasn't playing him twice a year, maybe people wouldn't bring it up as much. But now we'll, it'll be a lot more media attention for him, attention that I don't really look for. <laughs> That's funny. Attention I don't really need. <laughs> the reason that he's become so relevant is because of me. That's, of course, the same Josh Norman, that who an all-pro last year, got a five-year, $75 million deal, Wes, uh, with $51 million in guarantee. It's more than just Odell Beckham from Josh Norman, right? Oh, my God. The worst part of this is now we're going to be subjected to Josh Norman's response on NFL HQ Friday morning. Just let it die, guys. Tune in. Tune in. 7 a.m. That hammer David Ely is going to be coming down on you guys uh, whenever it does arrive because they want to get that up to the top of the stage. Well, this landed on my doorstep yesterday because suddenly everyone in the business was out, you know, doing whatever they needed to do. And it was like, <laughs> oh, we need an Odell Beckham piece where he's talking nonsense. And I listen. I wrote it angry, and that's how I think it came out. I love the the last two paragraphs are perfect. That's so such a Sessler close to a story. Nobody can deny Beckham's talent. He's one of the most electrifying and recognizable athletes in the world today. Hammer about to drop. He's also just the latest pro athlete to waste latest. our time with a tedious, tedious blast of me first hot air. Hot air. This offseason can't end fast enough. This all ties together well, too, because Mark was a little quiet yesterday. You, he was, you know, keeping to himself. You didn't know what was going on, and this is what was going on. You were well, I'm dealing with a lot, dealing with a lot on the home front, and, you know, it's I just needed the day to be a July 20th, nice little day, get in, get out, go home, do what you got to do, and instead this thing arrives, and the whole that <laughs> here's what bothers me, is I'm not seeking attention. I don't want it. This is happening in an upcoming issue of GQ that we found out today is attached to one of the most obscene, really ridiculous photo spreads post Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Well, you're right when you say, when you said me first in this, I mean, it doesn't get much more myopic to say that Josh than to say Josh Norman's fame and and his contract has to do with Odell Beckham. On some level, Josh Norman is a little more famous because of that fight with you know Odell Beckham. That oh, fight. Yeah, but it has nothing true. to do with the money, and has nothing to do with why he went there. Of course, he just went with the team that paid him the most. That's the Redskins. Um, I have an idea, by the way. I'll run it. I'll run it by you, Mark, and the crew. I would run it by. Greg, if he was still the boss, but I guess we'll have to go through Dave for this. Right. Um, how about Mark? And I think you'd like this. If it was a, if you have one of your days where you just need to be by yourself, what if we got like a little red light that we put on your cubicle <laughs> oh. and you flick it on, and that means that's a private day for Mark? I would like it if it also has the power to emit like a flesh burning laser if anyone gets in my in my grill that I don't want to deal with. But that would be like when the light was on, people knew at your own but peril. Is there a limit? I feel like sometimes there's going to be a whole week. It can only be once a month. There could be a yeah, there uh, could be a, a week. Let's put it on a natural oh. cycle. For it to be fair, you have to there has to be a limit to it. But if okay. we worked out even 
I'll give it twice a month. Like, you oh. know, you get I the light, under you flick it, it on, and we're like, all right. Even you're not on the podcast, you do what you got to do, do whatever you want, and we'll see you the well, next Well, I night. do think you have to – I have to work through it. I still have to do the work. But do I need to be, you know, socializing with everyone and, you know, chatting about everyone's <laughs> little, you know, concerns over the coffee tea party? No. I love that. You're, I love that you're being realistic. You're playing ball with this idea. You're like, oh, oh yeah. no, only once a month. I'm fine. <laughs> we'll talk well, to Billy about it tonight. Well, it's it's good for everyone. It's not just good for Mark. It's good for everyone around him. I think it can improve the whole atmosphere. This is Billy's first test as a boss. <laughs> yeah, it's a I can tell show. you guys have discussed this offline, as they'd say. No, this no, is, this is the first time. This all just came to my head. Well, just it's now. improv. Uh, improv. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Steelers running back D'Angelo Williams um, does not mind. The Patriots having some issues. Of course, we know those issues over on the throne of Sleaze. Uh, that being, of course, Tom Brady's four-game suspension is holding up, which means that they will be without the All-Pro all-timer for four games this season. This is what D'Angelo Williams had to say. I'm glad they got problems. I don't care, he told the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Everybody has their problems, and I am glad that they have theirs. He added, I don't know why everybody thinks that affects us. We don't care. You think Big Ben wants to beat a Brady-less team? That proves nothing to him. That's the truth, right, Wes? Mm. I mean, it's very true. What do the Steelers care? Every other year, Big Ben misses three or four games with an injury. Le'Veon Bell misses half the season. Martavis Bryant suspended. They got issues of their own. They don't care what the Patriots are dealing with. I love D'Angelo Williams because he actually dislikes the Patriots. He dislikes the teams that they should dislike. That's more fun when, when they legitimately care. Why do we need any player who's not on the Patriots to be catering to them? They've been at the top of the game for 15-plus years. I mean, outside of LeGarrette Blunt, and that was a completely – that was a ridiculous Le-Garry. scenario where he left – essentially, you know, acted poorly to get off the Steelers just to get back to New England to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's been a great little rivalry here. Not little rivalry, but the Steelers-Patriots <laughs> have been one of the better AFC – Rivalry that's a team that is ham- that's years. one of the few teams that is taking care of business against Pittsburgh over and over. And and it's the one team Pittsburgh cannot like seem that. to beat. Well, no, it's just interesting. Damashek spouts off about part, it yeah. all the time. And when you're comparing suspensions, uh, Steelers have been hurt more in suspensions this year than the Patriots. I'd rather have Tom Brady gone for four games than lose Martavis Bryant for the whole season. It's a fair point, dog. And finally. Guys, did you happen to see the Russell Wilson barbershop talk posted on his Facebook page? I have never been on Russell Wilson's Facebook. Page. I don't need to. I don't need to because I saw it on Endaround, NFL.com slash Endaround. Go, Greg. And you know what? What happens there? Dan Hansis breaks it all down for me in a funny way where I don't have to deal with the 28 minutes of Russell Wilson. 27 minutes, 42 seconds. I watched the entire video, which was. Consisted of Russell Wilson sitting in a barber chair in a trailer on the set of a Bose commercial with his three entourage handlers sitting behind him, his official barber uh, giving him really, again, a 28-minute haircut in which no hair gets cut. I I demand (laughs) people. It actually works into the theory that Russell Wilson is a cyborg with an endoskeleton with human tissue over the endoskeleton. So he's not going to grow actual hair. It's always going to look that way. Um, that's my theory. So I, I implore you guys to check out the video purely from a conspiracy angle theory, which I know you like, Mark. Uh, but as far as the video goes, I, you know, I was just curious because he Russell Wilson, let's face it, he gets a lot of 
gets a lot of crap for being kind of a phony and uh, uh, not quite being a guy that maybe Wes, not the not the first guy you would choose to get a beer with. I was going to say he's out of anyone probably I've seen in the NFL over the years, least likely to ever get an invitation to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> so with that's an op- a that's a bold statement. I mean, Aaron Hernandez is you know in the mix. Yeah, but we didn't want to invite him. Wait a second, no, he's not. <laughs> He's in the he pen, go to maybe. a party. Russell uh, Wilson's not real a real person, though. So I actually went into this video with an open mind. I want maybe he's not going to come off so poorly, uh, but I wouldn't say he came off that well. So what I did on on NFL.com/slash/endround, I had my top ten favorite quotes from Russell Wilson or one of his uh, handlers, uh, and I will now parse that down to the top five lines from Russell Wilson uh, <laughs> during his twenty-eight minute barbershop session. Number five. Did you guys know we had Earth, Wind, and Fire play at the wedding? It's amazing. Did you guys know Earth, Wind, and Fire played at the wedding, which was amazing? Hmm. Number four. It's Al Pacino. Yeah. Al Pacino, we're still requesting you to come to a game. Yeah. You know, I, I know we met each other in L.A. not too long ago, and you were a huge, huge fan, so. <laughs> Al Pacino, please come to a game. I know you're a huge, huge fan of Russell Wilson, I would assume. I don't know who else he's referring to. Respect. And I like that he assumes that there's a chance Al Pacino is watching his Facebook Live post. Number three. Russ, what are some other movies you watch? Like, on, I always see you watch movies under Microsoft Surface when we're fine. Can you pause it one second? Like, what you, what... His manager, and I don't – I can't stress this enough. This was an open mind I went into, but in 28 minutes – they dropped three exact product placements, naming the entire product. What you heard there, and we'll replay it here, is a reference to a Microsoft service tablet of some kind. He also referenced his Bose headphones that he likes and, and referenced a specific brand, the Q35s, I believe they were. So that was the purpose of this video. It's just an ad, right. but they're trying to trick you into being natural. And you think? In there. And then the manager... Um, the manager at one point is bragging that when they go golfing, they break golf etiquette and they like to bring out their Bose SoundLink system, which you could hook up easily to your Bluetooth and get five or six hours straight play all day. <laughs> all right, so number three. Russ, what are some other movies you watch? Like, we're on, I always see you watch movies under Microsoft Surface when we're fine. Like, what do you, what do, you put on there? Godfather, Scarface. So according to Russell Wilson, he watches Godfather, which is not true. Scarface <laughs> and the Wolf of Wall over Street. Over and over, over again, and he's over watching over Scarface. Again. I mean, I would make him maybe a psychopath if you did that as much as you as you say you did. Number two. For those who are watching, don't know Trevor. Um, he's like my mental coach guy. For those of you that don't know Trevor, he's like my mental coach guy. And number one. Fire Trevor. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. There's no such thing as bad times in my opinion. They're all just moments, right? There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. There's no such thing as bad times in my opinion. Just moments. He's he's down in the mud, wallowing, <laughs> battling Donald Trump for the lowest. Oh, oh. Ah. Ba- battling battling oh, Donald please. Trump for the lowest spot on the common man rankings. Uh. <laughs> There's nothing common man about Russell Wilson. There's just everything fake about. Okay. Him. Well, why Dan was this? I mean, there's so much like 
snackable content, as they say mm. out there in that ridiculous term. But in general, there's all these videos that we have to choose from, and they, it, they're smart with people's attention spans. They're about four and a half minutes long, and you can get everything you need crammed in in that time. Why are they releasing a 28-minute barbershop uh, you know, think piece on video here? Uh, Irish, do you have an answer to that? None whatsoever. Like <laughs> yeah. I told you before, I was physically drained after finding all those clips. <laughs> wow. And the Irish did a great job uh, doing the pre-production today. My favorite quote was, obviously, my lovely wife, she loves music as well. I listen to her stuff. <laughs> you better, baby. <laughs> you better. Here's my only defense. <laughs> Here's my only defense, because I'm getting a haircut today, and the one thing that I think about all the time <laughs> is, oh, man, like I don't want to have to talk to anyone during the haircut. Unless once in a while you get someone cutting your hair, you feel good. You can maybe have a chat. But in general, just cut the hair. I, let's get in and out. I'll say hi to you. Have a nice time. Can we get a half an hour video of this experience? I would never produce. I would hopefully me just be me being quiet. Why is he doing this as his way to talk? I don't know. Good luck to you, Russell Wilson. Talk to Trevor. He's like his mental coach guy. Uh, last word to Irish. My favorite quote was, no matter what you're doing, you always have to be here. Well, Wherever you are, there you are. Well, he are. then contradicts himself later in that and says that as a quarterback who has so many things around me at all times, I can't be here. I always got to be looking ahead. And then all, all the people around him are like, man, that takes such, it's such a gift. It's so special. And they're all like nodding their head. All right. That's what's happening in the news. NFL Media Corporate Reorg 2016. All right, we're here. It's gone. It's happened. It's now a segment. <laughs> reorg. Let's hear it again. NFL Media Corporate Reorg 2016. Now we know the news by now. It's broken. Greg Rosenthal has stepped down. Um, well, you know, I should let Greg speak for himself there because there was a lot of buzz on the subreddit <laughs> that Greg was perhaps the victim of some type, type of demotion or, you know, something along those lines. I'll read one subreddit comment here from a man that goes by Naughty Nugget. Maron. In my corporate life, when a manager gets his staff yanked yet doesn't get assigned to a well-defined role afterwards, he's said to be, quote, in the penalty box I have no idea if this is uh, the kind of corporate limbo is what is happening to Greg, but I am concerned mm. since it is a dicey place to be. Or maybe he just wants to be in a traditional a transitional role. All right, Greg, the floor is here. Why don't you clarify what's going on? I, I don't even know how to. Well, I did get some tweet, tweets saying, was I a victim of some sort of power play? And David Ely is now my boss. First of all, there's no power play. Second, David Ely is not my boss. Third, I'm not in any I'm not in any penalty box. If if you had listened to what I said last time, it was about uh, you know, as Chris and I were saying, heeding the call. It was about trying to take advantage of the time left in your life and have a job uh that you enjoy more, essentially. You know what I mean? You get a bigger that kick, help? You get a bigger kick out of writing and watching not, football than going to media. I want to do things that I'm uh that I enjoy, that uh that I love to do that gets me going. Well, you Frank, made it crystal clear at the last podcast uh, talk about this, that meetings were not meeting, your thing. Meetings were not it. I wasn't overly proud of a lot of the articles and things I've been writing over the last few years in particular because, you know, you don't have all the time in the world that you want to put in it. I want to I put my time into 
making good football content. The I'm, sand I'm is bad at being a manager. I'm going to try to do this. <laughs> Disagree. The sand is tumbling through the hourglass, Greg. Well, that's that really is true. I do think I do think we we've all had I I've been doing this. Are you ill? On some level <laughs> for 12 or 13 years, it's good to at some point you realize kind of what you like doing and what you don't like doing and if you can at all seek out what what you do like doing. If Go you, for it. If you start giving away your personal uh, possessions, that's <laughs> going to be a major red flag. He's like, Mark does. What? I'm going to use this advice next time David Ely throws an Odell Beckham post my way. <laughs> Everyone's busy. Seize the day. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. I, I thought it was important to give you okay. the, the floor there. And I and people are like, oh, is Greg going to have a new name, a new nickname? My vote is no. I think, uh, you know, maybe the full name is the boss. What is it? Emeritus? <laughs> sure. That's a mouthful. But that's too much. So I don't know. Let's just roll with the boss. How about just Emeritus? <laughs> I don't know. I think you're known as the boss. You know, unless something great comes along. I agree with Dan. All right. There's your update. NFL Media Corporate Reorg 2016. All right, moving on. Um, is that going to be used again? Or are we going to break down I don't know. different things that Good have gone question. on? We, mu- we might have to clarify Ely's rule at some point. At some point. At some point. But uh, let's move on for now and time for our new segment, Debunker Bunker, uh, where we take a – how did we put it again? Conventional wisdom. Conventional Turn it on its ear. What <laughs> Wisdom. Turn it on its ear. I like that, Wes. And say why, hey, you shouldn't be thinking so conventionally – what kind of wisdom is that anyway? We'll start with Mark Sessler. Get us going. I want to go to uh, Dan's team, the New York Jets. Mm. You know, Uh-oh, yesterday. That's another New York Jet bloodbath. No, actually, I, I am going to use something that happened last week as a way to prop up the Jets front office and debunk the idea that some are saying that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not going to come back. An unnamed uh, coworker of mine on our in-house Ooh. slash uh, IM channel. You can bleep that out. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. More work we, for we you. We don't tend to prop up garbage people. More work for you. Yeah. Uh, suggested that Geno Smith would start 12 games. I just don't agree, and I'll tell you why, because they are going to get it <laughs> done with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And but I'll, isn't that – well, go on. I am kind telling of conventional you, wisdom that they're going to get it done. I am going against the one person who said it's, this. It's Greg. All right, it's Greg. And I'm just – because, listen, it's cut through here's the thing. Because I think you have a Geno Smith thing going on, and maybe it's an anti-Geno Smith thing that I'm going here with here a little bit. But my point with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick is that there is no way the New York Jets want to put Geno Smith on the field after what happened last year. For Ryan Fitzpatrick, listen – I have critiqued him. I think it's fair to say we don't think he's a top 10 quarterback, but he fits in that offense. They want to see if he can do it again. And not a single Jets insider had any knowledge that they were going to sign Muhammad Wilkerson. Nobody came forth with anything. Good it point, came dog. out of nowhere. And so this Fitzpatrick thing is going to happen the same way. Mike McCagnan is not the glacier. He moves swiftly in the darkness. He's going to get this done in the nick of time. But uh, – but wouldn't wouldn't the convention the conventional wisdom is that I may it's not going have to be done? I may not have played by the rules the of one, the game. I'm the one. But I got my point across. I'm in the debunker bunker saying that 
that Geno Smith is a guy that they can win with. That, I, that Chan Gailey is the key to this whole operation. And whether you got a, an average middle of the road quarterback, journeyman Ryan Fitzpatrick, or you got Geno Smith, you're probably going to be in the same. I thing, was simply debunking your point. <laughs> <laughs> that let, let's yeah cut to the heart of this. It's a Greg V. Mark thing. Uh, I was shocked, by the way, because they were playing a lot of Jets stuff on NFL Network on uh, Wednesday, and I was watching it, and I was reminiscing or getting nostalgic for Fitzpatrick, who, besides what happens in Week 17, was great for them last year at 33 total touchdowns. We talked about that endlessly. Uh, but how many Jets fans, because I tweeted about missing Fitzpatrick, are totally anti-Fitz now and say everything really? they did was kind of overrated. That was the overwhelming sentiment from literally dozens of Jets fans who reached out to me saying you're crazy for you know pining for this guy because he actually stinks and he got lucky. Is it self-defense, though, for when he doesn't come back? I Sometimes I find it hard to really um, – fall into Jet Nation. The fan base is a little crazy to me. Uh, but I was I was legitimately surprised so many people are now on the side of management with this when uh, he had the season he did. But, uh, well, yeah. Ian Rapport was saying it could go into training camp and maybe they'll take a look at Geno for a preseason game or two and see how that happens. Because that will tell you what you need to know. I, I think if they thought there was that big of a gap between Geno and Fitzpatrick, they'd offer they would have already offered him more money. But they also don't have any money to offer. That's like a part of this too that people keep overlooking. If the Jets had tons of cap space, this would have been done by now. Anyway, Wes. I think groupthink has been the bane of the fantasy football community's mm. existence since the internet became widespread fifteen, twenty years ago, but especially since Twitter became a thing starting around 2008-2009, all the analysts tend to line up behind the same guys or knock the same guys. And I think Devontae Freeman, when the Falcons running back coach came out a few weeks ago and said, basically they're going to limit Devontae Freeman's touches or take a few touches away and expand Tevin Coleman's role, there's this idea that Devontae Freeman just isn't very good. Nobody mentions that their running back coach also said, I expect Freeman to have a better year this year. And I know Greg agrees with me, with me on this. Devontae Freeman is just quite clearly a much better player than Tevin Coleman. And he's the real deal. I don't think Devontae Freeman is any kind of one-year wonder. I totally agree. He's really the inspiration for this for this concept of uh, a segment. Because I, w- I was watching Saints-Falcons Week 17. I don't know. Well, I do know why I was watching that. Humble but and <laughs> what <laughs> Recently, in one one thing that stood out, it just reminded me, Devontae Freeman's an incredible running back. Like, he is one of those guys that made the leap and then some, and I think he's going to maintain that because he's great. Like, his his ability to make cuts inside a hole, outside of holes, explosiveness, his power, everything. I don't think he got enough credit for how, just how good he is, and I think he's going to maintain those gains he had last year. I would I, say also, like, had they had a regime change, Maybe this kind of thing comes into play. Kyle Shanahan loved what he saw. He worked well in his system. And Tevin Coleman had his issues last year. Right. He he was just an average looking back. And I don't think Shanahan knew what he had in Freeman. Or else maybe they wouldn't take Coleman. Very well, important point about Shanahan, though. Outside of that one year with the Browns, he has always had a one back who produces yep. over 1,000 yards with a lot of carries. To me, he, he's an incredible player. And I think that offensive line came 
together relatively. It's not a it's not a power packed like Pro Bowl offensive line, but second year I think they could. Run, they were a run first team last year. Tevin Coleman three fumbles last year off eighty seven carries. I mean he just I think it's about trust. If you're Kyle Shanahan in year two, you got to give it to the guy. Freeman's got the trust right now. Like if I had to pick one of those NFC South running backs, him or Martin, if you even want to throw Stewart in there, who who's not going to back up his breakout year? I I think Freeman is a safer bet just because I think he's that talented in the team around him and everything to stay close to the level or at, at or better than the level he was at than Doug Martin. This Falcons offense is going to surprise some people this year, I think. That's another thing that you could find in the debunker bunker. You know, some Falcons offense love. I'm just saying that's a debunking notion right there. You're going to find a lot of bottled water. Mohamed Sanu's <laughs> in the debunker bunker too. He's going to succeed as the number two there. Woo! Find a lot of granola bars. Just a lot of non-perishables. Spam. Spam, a lot of things loaded with preservatives. You don't know how long you're going to be in the debunker bunker. Would you rather perish in whatever you know earth calamity happened or be eating spam? Dan I generally has live. a uh, – go, go on, sorry. No, I would rather live. That's a short answer. That's I don't know if I would. Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> the last few minutes went against Dan's no Falcons talk on the podcast. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. People don't need to hear me talking all the time. You guys wanted to no, but you're, your you're... beloved NFC South uh, team. I let you guys do it. Well, you're, you're, in a, you know, you're a, I don't know. I'm just not that excited about <laughs> Devontae Freeman. Oh, oh, will he have a, a smaller workload this year? Is he going to wear down? Don't care. Good luck this season. <laughs> well, then I'm going to go next. This was going to be my second, second Wait, thing I, I found in the debunker get bunker. Get excited about your eight and eight team. Go All right. Ahead, well, this is going to, this was going to be my second thing in the debunker bunker, but it's right what you're talking about. You know, the conventional wisdom is the NFC South. By the way, Greg loves this segment because he is the ultimate contrarian. No. He loves to get in that bunker, his own personal bunker. Well, we got into it because I said, suge- he suggested we should go around twice. And I said, no, just once. <laughs> right, we'll, see, get, we'll see who won. Not, we'll see who won. We did not. All right, enjoy it. yourself, Greg. Go ahead. You skipped me to go. You're so excited. Go well, because it was coming. <laughs> it no, was. No, go ahead. It was part of the natural flow of conversation gotcha. here. No, I'm happy for the you. The NFC South is the most exciting division in football going into. Wow. Year. Oh boy. What? You got the best. Can you sell us on that? Best. You got the best quarterbacks. First of all, the best collection of quarterbacks: Jameis Winston, Drew Brees. Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton. You're not going to find a better one to four. One of the most exciting young quarterbacks in Winston, Drew Brees, who played at a higher level, I think, than people realized. Last year, Ryan certainly needs to get better. Cam Newton, the MVP. All of these teams in an interesting spot. Carolina is trying to make that leap, not just from being a dominant number one seed last year that made the Super Bowl. They're trying to get to where the Patriots and the Seahawks, you want to throw the Packers in there, as one of the teams that's great. Annual here. superpower. Annual superpower. That's where they're trying to get. And they've they've got the players and the defense to do it. Then you got New Orleans, which I'm starting to feel a comeback from the Saints this year. This last this room, I believe, all picked the Saints to win the division except me, who was wrong. I had the Falcons. All of us were wrong. This feels familiar, by the way. I'm saying I think the Saints, they got a lot going on. They're an interesting team, but they are at a weird spot. They They have Sean Payton, and it feels like a – a franchise along with the Falcons that have been together a while. The front office has been there a while. If things don't go well for one of these two teams, the whole thing could be blown up and it could be as ugly as it could be. So there's a lot of pressure on those two teams especially. But I think there's a lot of talent on those two teams to surprise you. Then you have the Buccaneers, who we, you know we haven't spoken a ton about, but just Jameis Winston's presence and the young talent there I think is interesting. Top They're to younger. bottom. 
top to bottom. I think that's the most exciting division of football this year. Can we go stay in the debunker bunker? Whoa. Sure. Debunk Greg's debunker. <laughs> go for it. Wait, can two guys be in the debunker bunker debunking each other? Well, there's going to be three of us in here. I feel like there's going to be some, you know, cannibalism or something going on here. I feel like Greg's definition of exciting football includes no defense whatsoever. Ooh, that hits Greg hard because he prides himself on loving the game, both sides. Uh, <laughs> the Carolina Panthers have K1 short. They have they, Luke Kingley. The Panthers they have a have secondary a that does other three teams. You. Well, I, I said the most exciting, and you don't necessarily have to have three great defenses to be excited. I also think there's a lot on the line this year for all these teams. It's, someone's going to get left out, either the Falcons, Saints, Panthers. One or two of those teams are going to be really disappointed. I think we're going to have some interesting storylines. My problem a little bit is that I look over at the AFC, and all four divisions, to me, are more exciting than the NFC South. Yeah. I accept your point that the Panthers are a fascinating team. Oh, yeah, the NFC South, the race to nine wins. What, the, the AFC, AFC South? AFC I South think, right. but, but everything right. we're – but we, I believe, what, which is another thing people could debunk, is that the AFC South has a lot going on. Sure. Change I think a it's lot more exciting. You're talking about a division with two dome teams, and when you watch Tampa Bay on Game Pass, the sunlight on that field is hideous <laughs> to watch. So it's three teams that are an eyesore wow. on television. The Panthers are fascinating. I don't dislike a NFC South teams, but that is a bit of a stretch. Was, we'll see if you're right. Is that the first ever sunlight shot? <laughs> I've mentioned that to Wes, that watching oh, yeah. the Bucks on Game wow. Pass are tough because – it's just an ugly field from the up-above well, angle. Too much not, not to mention their uniforms, which are the worst in professional sports. Whoa. Whoa. But you've Can't long loved that, that division, and I like that you're sticking up for it, Greg. To me, it's like two, t two teams, the Falcons and Saints, are the picture of mediocrity in the NFL right now. The Buccaneers, they had such a they free fall. They aspire to be the picture of me. No, right. They, they to me, they have, they have great house. potential. They have both have been really good very recently, and because of that, they could get – you know, Thomas Dimitrov could get fired. Sean Payton. A lot of, you know, a, lot of a lot of things have to go right for these teams to have nice. Nothing puts a bounce in Greg's Carolina. step like the chances of a guy losing his job. Uh, all right, drama. I'm gonna go, and I don't want to. I don't want to get things up. Well, you're not really on the Ryan Tannehill bandwagon anymore, right, Greg? Or are you back on? He just wrote an article saying why he was gonna do great this year. Are you back on now? I. Oh, that's yeah. right. I, I, uh, I'm not driving it, but I'm in the I back. <laughs> I'm in the back seat thinking. Everything around him is, is solid. You're and like Oscar Zeta Acosta and Hunter S. Thompson's driving it. And, <laughs> you know, Handsome Hank is going to get mad at me, even though he's overseas right now and maybe not listening because he's always saying I'm taking shots at the Dolphins. Uh, but it, it's nothing personal. I've, I've heard a lot of Andy Dalton comparisons when talking about Ryan Tannehill this offseason. I think you were one of them, Greg, or maybe you were the leader there. And I, you know, I, just, I feel like – well, go on. I just read Jay Ajayi. <laughs> said, listen, I had to listen to your dribble about the NFC South, so you can listen to mine. Jay, Jay said he's <laughs> looking forward to uh, a dominating season from Ryan Tannehill, and Please. I get it. Please. Jarvis Landry is a great player, and Devontae Parker has got plenty of talent. Kenny Stills is useful. Laramie Tunsil maybe solidifies that line. But I'm the, And Adam Gase, of course, now you got better coaching. Everybody calm down, though, about this, this Ryan Tannehill freedom tour. Uh, I need to see, just like a lot of this room needed to see Andy Dalton get over the hump. You're on the year. other side of this. Now I'm yeah. on the other side. I need to see uh, Ryan Tannehill be anything other than the 17th or 18th best quarterback in the NFL. Because a lot of people seem to That's be ready generous. to put him in the top 10. It's very generous, 17th or 18th. All right, Greg, what was your shot you were going to take at me? I feel like 
Mark and Dan have made this segment. Let's take a trip to Greg's previous trips to the debunking <laughs> bunker. Because it's not like there's a lot of people out there talking up rides no. and the Dolphins this year. That is not conventional wisdom that the Dolphins are going to be cool. Tannehill's buzzy. You don't think he's buzzy? Am I? Maybe I'm wrong. I, I thought well, he was I think buzzy. I think it's the minute Adam Gase got attached to Tannehill. You are there is that angle to it bit. over right. and over that we're going to see an improvement because he finally has good coaching, and I think that's actually true myself. I think Greg should take this as an exceptional compliment that he, that you guys think that he drives that much of the discussion. <laughs> yeah. in the football, he leads the uh, football. Greg is in our life like sixty hours a week. Of course, I <laughs> hold his opinions high. They're all around. Your, me. Mark's felt a little personal toward you. Mine <laughs> was, was not, not personal. I didn't even. Mention his name. Someone I, else mentioned. I think it was we know. Great. I think we know what happened with with the Geno Smith. I honestly, we had a little interaction yes. downstairs uh, about, about something. We, we came I up was with this fresh segment, out of ideas, and then Mark thought, "What is? What can I come up with to come at Greg?" That is not Wait, accurate. I did not. In the best, I did not. I did not even use Greg's right. name. The best you, you used it, Dan. The best you could come up with was Geno Smith, which isn't even my quarterback. It's a bit at some point, and it's Dan's let's, quarterback. Let's let's, let's pull back it. the curtain let's a little bit here. Yep. And where this all started, all this animosity <laughs> was that Greg is planning on writing a fantasy column at some point this summer. And he was brainstorming, spitballing, and threw out there a possible name of the column, the Fantasy Football Outsider, which is the very name of Mark Sessler, at least his role when we have our fantasy extravaganza. And Mark snapped at Greg over it. Well, oh, hold on. Okay. Less accurate or 100% true. There no are. Zachy Davis here. Two points. And then, Greg, I'll give you, I'll let you come back at me. I won't say another word. But number one. Fantasy Football Outsider by the guy that started Roto World. Gotcha. Number two, <laughs> there are like thousands upon thousands of words in the English language, and those are the two that you attach together for your column. Your yeah. turn. Retort. <laughs> <laughs> the, the idea behind the column was all I was talking about. I have no title for the column. I just was throwing it out. I wasn't think that that obviously was not going to be the title of the column. Once I actually thought about it. I was like, oh wait, that's Mark's that's Mark's segment. That's like the the idea. It doesn't even totally make sense. You're right. I'll come you know it, it's kind of like when the come up with another name for it. But the idea is definitely not making the same sort of analysis that you make on your fantasy it, outsider corner. What about debunker bunker? Right. It's there essentially debunker bunker for fantasy. Oh, that's why go. that's why this came up to begin with. It, fantasy it, debunker. It's yeah. kinda like the the hot jock that's friends friends with like the average Joe. And then the average Joe has a crush on, like, the bookish cute girl in the study hall. <laughs> and the hot jock, who could have any girl, dates the bookish cute girl from mm. study hall. And then the normal guy's like, Brad, you could have any girl. Why does <laughs> it have to be her? <laughs> that That's what you taking the fantasy outside. Dan, that is the perfect analogy. Thank you, Wes. By the way, my part on the fantasy show, fantasy show is about eight seconds long. So, you can know, that little tiny little parcel of information I'm going to give Needs to keep its. And that's coming up, by the way, the fantasy football extravaganza. Oh, put down the chisels, Irish. We just had that in the system. Well, you know, our plan was, but I had to move all these fantastic high octane Russell Wilson quotes on. All right. All right. Greg, are we back in a good place? I think we are. We're we're in a great place. I mean, the second I said it, I was like, oh, that was stupid. I'm obviously not going to call my column that. I'm going to call it some other name. I want to point one thing out. In every situation, because in that case, too, Dan 
got in there and stirred the pot, just like when I didn't mention your name, Dan stirred the pot. So Dan's you know, the best let's, pot stirrer in the business. That's my job here. here. Well, that's my only worth. That you is, are very that is, active in your job. That is true, but even without Dan's help, there was an edge coming from this this Sessler <laughs> desk. Yeah, usually I'm I'm pouring a what I hope is a subtle amount of kerosene on the blaze. In that case, I literally just said, this is what happened downstairs this morning. Well, I'll just admit. sat back and watched the I will admit, it Some came at the wrong time. like to watch the world burn. We should have had that red light on his desk this morning. <laughs> All right. Good set, guys. Wait till we, we don't get to go around again. Oh, we're, we're doing it twice? Yeah, Greg wanted we'll to go around. Round. All right, speed round, speed round. Here we go. And Sessler. All right, this idea that Carson Wentz is going to sit out for long periods of time. We've been through this with multiple rookie quarterbacks. It was a couple months ago that Eagles offense coordinator Frank Reich said his aptitude is off the charts. John DiFilippo, QB coach, he's further along from seeing the field standpoint than I thought he would be. This is Philadelphia. He's the first-round pick. If that team is not roaring out to a huge star with Sam Bradford, they're not going to sit there with with Carson Wentz red-shirting deep into November. Nonsense. He'll play sooner than anyone thinks. Wes. That's a hot take. I like it. This idea that Jeff Janis is going to like springboard off his one fluky playoff performance and become the Packers' number three receiver, not buying it one bit. He is He is a physically talented but technically deficient wide receiver. You can't rely on those guys. The only reason he was on the field to catch that bomb is because Devontae Adams and Ty Montgomery were hurt. The Packers coaching staff has been and continues to be higher on Devontae Adams and Ty Montgomery than Jeff Janis. It wasn't just one, by the way. He got open twice. He had 100 yards receiving on one possession. But, all right, we'll see. There's some strong Devon. People say A-Rod doesn't trust him. Todd Gurley, everyone, this is a little fantasy football teaser. A lot of talk. He's saying, take me number one. Everybody says, oh, got to take him top three. I'd say pump the brakes a little bit on Todd Gurley. He might be on a truly terrible offense. And I don't know, if, especially if Jared Goff has a long way to go. And we know Jeff Fisher is not the most uh, gifted offensive mind in the game. There is a chance that Todd Gurley, as talented as he is, gets stuck behind a truly wretched uh, offense. And this has to be pushed back a year before he becomes Todd Gurley All-Pro MVP candidate. Young offensive line. It is a great test because I think his talent is so exceptional. Can he overcome it? Uh, they don't have really have wide receivers. They don't. They don't have a great uh, dominant line. I, they have and, invested and a lot in the line. We'll we have say. not heard. We talked. I don't know if we can say who it was, but we heard some negative things about Goff's development and through the spring that they might throw him into the fire when he's not ready, and that could go Ryan uh, Leaf bad. I'm just saying. Great. Wow. Well, Gurley was the the first <laughs> wow. running, running back. Uh, Ryan Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> but just that, I got. I let me clarify. That's a bit much. Before that's a, that's Rams fans come after me, he's going to be put into the game before he is. He should be in the game, and it could hurt his development. So if if any of the our social department is listening, yeah, exactly, yeah. I can see it now. Goff equals Leaf. Yeah. Dot dot. Dan Hansen. Yep. <laughs> Link. Link. R.I.P. Really? <laughs> uh, Gurley, the first running back taken in that draft. Second one. Melvin Gordon, and I'm telling you, if you're out there, Spice Rack, don't give up on this guy. I think Melvin Gordon is going to come back in his second year, and he's going to be strong. Might not be wow. the best running back in the league, but he's a good running back. I think their offensive line, which was absolutely terrible last year, is looking pretty good on paper. If they're healthy, I, I think they're a good-looking offensive line, a good passing game. I think Melvin Gordon is 
not going to be the best running back in the league, but he's going to get over 1,000 yards. He's going to be a good player, and he showed some of that if you really watched him running hard towards the end of last season. All right, there you go. Let's all exit the debunker bunker. Good work, guys. It got a little hairy in there. There's, I'm not going to say feelings are hurt, but it got pretty intense. Uh, it was but- cathartic. It was cathartic. We all came out of it with a better understanding where we were as people, and we shared some opinions. Um, That's it for Thursday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back Monday, three shows next week with training camp. Training camp starts next week? It starts next week. Training camp live starts on NFL Network, by the way. Check that out. Tuesday and Wednesday. I think it gets cranking So Wednesday. So we've reached the end of uh, the dark period, and that means we are back to work in a full-time capacity. So make sure you check it out Monday. Uh, Check us out at NFL.com slash podcast. Uh, Go to the iTunes uh, uh, page and leave reviews and uh, high star ratings. Give us the support. Oh, yeah. Leave the reviews. The review number overall. We got to get it into the quadruple digits. It's in the 900 somewhere. Hashtag. It's almost embarrassing not to be in the quadruple digits. Let's do it. iTunes challenge. Help us out, everybody. Uh, That's it. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. Not so quiet today. The mailman, the boss, and the Irishman behind the glass. Till Monday. Fantasy? Real? Is real? Fantasy? You be the judge. I am your judge. I say the future is ours! This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Vosh at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.